It's now recording. Okay, so am I. Right. Okay. Down that Who's doing this? Microphone a bit. That doesn't actually work. Wait, wait. Okay, these knobs do nothing. <laughs> well, that's a, there's a sentence for you. All right. I'll do it from here. I'm sitting back. Hello and welcome to Podcast Maximus, episode 39. I am Tom McNally and with me is... We can't tell where you're pointing, Tom. You're pointing at oh, different not... bits on everyone's screen. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, that's good. I'm not actually. Or, or do you I'm... need someone is literally with you right now in the room with you because your arm's oh, going oh off the cameras? <laughs> so, Stuart, you go first. Marin, you go second. Okay. So I don't know where, where, where you are. If I point there, who's that? Nobody. Um, that's the that, wall. That's off, that's off stage. If you okay, point the other way, you're pointing to Marion on my screen. So, if I point there. That's Stuart on mine. That's Stuart. Oh my. Uh, that's Marion. <laughs> that's Stuart and Marion. You can't so point. It doesn't work. <laughs> You're going to have to use your right. the power of speech. <laughs> oh, God. Paint my, a picture with words, Sob. My most paltry power. Okay. Welcome to Podcast Maximus, episode 39. This is the podcast in which we talk about the IDW Transformers comics, mostly kind of just circling around Lost Light, which is about to end. So what are we going to do? With me is Stuart Webb. I, I can't believe that Autobot logo explanation still. I've been sat here for like a month just thinking about that and shockwave and... Oh, hello, Tom. Sorry, it's, I'm just, I was just musing to myself there. I hadn't seen you come in. How are you? I, I am well and sympathetic to your disapproval of Shockwave's uh, graphic design career. Though, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful image. And Marion Hilditch. Uh, hi, I'm still laughing at Stuart's reaction to the revelation of the Autobot logo on the other podcast. I mean, so, Tom could just be making all this stuff up. That's, that's what we'll never know. There's no way we- to find out. That's right. There is nothing he can say right now that would surprise either of us. And it, it doesn't matter how much he makes up. It will just nod. We've still got three issues left in this universe where we can find out who came up with the Decepticon logo. Oh, God. No. I'll give you a clue. No. It's Shockwave. <laughs> <laughs> or do we know that? Did Was that actually kind but of a dartistic... It was Megatron's week. wrestling badge, wasn't it? Uh, it's, uh, and it looks like Soundwave's face. Maybe Megatron's like, I need a badge. I'm just going to trace around your face, Shockwave. Sit still. While I put, that's Soundwave, rather. I'm going to trace around, put some paper on your face, and get the pencil out. And that can mm. be our, our brand. But or like the... that bit in Forrest Gump, where he wipes his face on a, on, on a, on a T-shirt, and it's the, the smiley face button. Uh, that's Forrest Gump, all right. Okay. <laughs> there is the bit in the shadow play where he throws his data pad at the big screen and the shards form something that looks vaguely like the Decepticon logo and he looks up at it and kind of smirks at it. There's the implication oh. that that's where he, he first had the idea for it. Ah, yeah. So uh, a kind of uh, automatic art, would you call that? Kind of... Uh... Um, accidental art accidental art like cutting out little shapes of paper letting them mm. letting them fall on the ground 
Yeah, okay, I quite like that. It's a Banksy thing that's destroying something and then saying it's art. Oh no, the futurists were doing that back in the 20s. It's old hat. Oh. Well, but this isn't the logo podcast anyway. What's what are we talking about? I just want to. This is this is related because uh, James Roberts took exception to the um, shredding of that painting. But I just want to say the memes that came out of it were precious. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's all I have to say. Doing it for the memes. Um, yeah, yeah, I felt it was kind of traditional rather than uh, 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 avant garde. This is quaint. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about Lost Light issue 24 today, I feel. You feel? You're not sure? I feel that. Okay. Are you feeling that? Okay, I feel yeah. it as well, Tom. I'm happy to go with your feeling. Okay, good. Well, as it so happens, we've all read Lost Light 24. Who wants to give us a credit slowdown? I can do this because i got it in front of me. Yes. Lost Light 24, written by James Roberts. Art by the amazing Brendan Cahill. Callers by, as always, John Alafuente. Letters by the fantastic, fantastic Tom Belong. Absolutely fantastic. He's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Editor David Marriott and uh, publisher, as always, well, recently anyway, uh, Greg Goldstein. Good old Greg. Where would we be without Greg? Another 18 issues of Lost Lights, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. But I think first up, uh, I have to do an apology for the, for the last issue, uh, our last podcast, because I was totally wrong uh, when Never. I said all those, all the, all those ships uh, were, were Megatron ships. They were, in fact, uh, all, all the Functionists. Uh, t- Tom was right, which is annoying because Tom guessing it means I can't blame the art of writing. It was just a flat up mistake. And look, if you could see him now, listen, Tom McNally is radiating a smugness that is probably radioactive and will give his neighbours cancer. And it's all your fault. <laughs> My fault. We're going to bring you in to 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 the cancer ward so you can apologise to my... They're very lovely, my neighbours. Well, I was wrong too, but I'm not apologising for it because screw you guys. What were you wrong about? The ships. No. Oh. I, sa- oh well, I, I said there were, there were the good guys too, but I don't, I don't care that I was wrong. I'm wrong about many oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody, rem- nobody remembers a minor point that, <laughs> that you were incorrect on. <laughs> You know, no reason to beat yourself up about it. <laughs> but Stuart, we accept your apology. Yes. Uh, well, it was more apologising to the creative team of the book and the listeners, not to you two. <laughs> right, well, on their behalf, we'll, uh, we'll take it. <laughs> okay, and we are back where uh, we left off, <laughs> non-surprisingly, <laughs> in Lost Light 23. Uh, in the midst of danger because we've got a giant Primus and nobody knows what to do with him. Uh, but they've got a plan. They have got a plan. The plan is to attack from all sides and overload Vector Sigma. To do this, they need 12 matrixes, matrix plural. Um, Mate, I believe, matri- I believe matri- it's matri- matropities. <laughs> oh. Don't them things. Um, but there is a, a small issue and uh, uh, Primus is in his robot form or his planet form 
so they can't target the hotspots. So at this point, Rodimus decides to do something in the future that has an impact in the past. And my dear co-hosts, I call bullshit on this. It doesn't work. No, it's a perfectly legitimate Bill and Ted move. Well, it's uh, because we've not done one of these for a while. So there's not much chance left. So let's uh, call a spade a spade and say it's uh, the Red Dwarf episode, Inquisitor, where uh, Crichton, <laughs> uh, when the Inquisitor is about to kill Crichton and Lister, future Crichton pops up. Oh, excuse me, may I please distract you for just a brief second? I know that's a quote from later in the episode. Don't at me, James. Uh, he jumps behind the Inquisitor and gets killed, but whilst he's being killed, he tells uh, Lister, pa- past him and Lister, how to escape. Uh, so he could travel back in time to get killed at a pointless and needless way, telling him how to escape. It's just, it's just that scene. I really, yeah, that scene was all that scene was kind of disturbing because when the Inquisitor's crushing Crichton's head, all of his kind of his rubber mask and makeup all kind of smears, and it looks pretty gruesome. Um, Nevertheless, predest- <laughs> predestination paradox does not work here. You kind of do something in the future. To affect, like, effectively what we're saying is, at this point, Rodimus decided, oh, we're screwed, this isn't going to work, but I'm going to save our past selves by ringing back and asking Ford Max and, and uh, Red Alert to come and save us, ego changing the past forever and rewriting the timeline. This is the only way this could have worked. No, no. See, I, I don't think Rodimus has this idea until Fortress Maximus tells him about the idea at the end of the issue. Well, exactly. Because so he, he's shitting himself here on this first panel. He's just going, oh, this Yeah, thing. but so- how do you get to the future point in order to make the point in the past happen if you haven't already made it happen in the past? But haven't we been here already? Because Brainstorm goes back in time to go kill Megatron because Megatron started the war, but then by going back in time to kill Megatron, he makes Megatron? Yeah, but that starts in the future. Hmm. That starts okay. in the future. So in the future, he goes back, all that elegant chaos yeah. stuff, hijinks, happens. I guess from the past point of view... Hmm... But you're, you're, so you're, you're positing that at this... So when um, Rodimus is doing Joe Bluth... Mm. Yeah. Um, he... There is a timeline where they all get killed. Yeah, it has to be. And then... No, but that's, but that's not how it's described later on where he's talking to Fort Max. Is it not? What's his, what does he say to Fort Max? He, yeah, he says that... Well, he calls him and says, you have to do X, Y, Z. But he calls him from the future. How did he get to the future to not call him in the past? So Rodimus in the future, Rodimus after everything's happened. Yeah. After after he's had the conversation with Fort Max, he then calls up Fort Max. Yeah. I hope he remembers to do that. I guess though. he's got years. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> they, they must have, they've got to work out how to do uh, work for Warren. Uh, as well, which uh, that would have took a bit well, of time. Well, there's a bit of a fudge there because he's got the Necrobot's cloak, and that can do something. No, I mean, that, that, that is how Fort Max winds up working for a while. A lot of us need to work out how to send a message into the past. 
through the warren because he doesn't really have a clue how any of it works. But he doesn't. He he just has to. So, okay. So right, hang on. Let's think about this. So Primus has been defeated. Rung is dead. So on, so on. Um, he's looking at don't forget me, and then he calls up Fort Max, who is just over there. This so at this point, there's two Luna ones. Mm. There's Luna One just chilling, mm. doing whatever it is what they were doing, just murdering people. Yeah, and um, and they get the call and they have to go into right, yeah, into the past, into that place. Mm. Yeah, smack Primus. Yeah, tell Rodimus that this is what he needs to do, and then they wander off and do whatever they're going to do next issue. But then at the... yeah, so so at this moment on the last page, there are two Fort Maxes in this time frame. Yeah. Is that? Sorry, no, no that doesn't, it doesn't work. So after this issue, uh, yeah. at the end of this issue, Rodimus picks up the phone, mm-hmm. rings Ford Max, who has yeah, not in, who, in, in in his same time frame. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the same time frame as the book we're reading. That's the same Ford yeah. Max. So he, yeah, he for sure. so after this book finishes, Ford Max and Red Alert go back to their timeline. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, no, Rodimus, and, just... and Rodimus rings them for the first time, and they don't know about it. No, but I think I think this Fort Max and Red Alert, who are there on the last page, I think they just keep on hanging out with with the Last Light crew, and they are now they are now so so from the perspective. Okay, let's think of this from the perspective so, of Fort Max. So for, why do we have two Fort Maxes suddenly? Why why would this? It doesn't work. Oh, because the so, Rodimus phones up Fort Max. Yada, 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 yada. Fort Maximus goes back in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he catches up with a presence where his past self, who is from the future, go gets a message to go back in time so that the older Fort Max, who arrived in the past, can then carry on normally as the one and only Fort Maximus. He doesn't need to, to go anywhere. The other one has already swapped places with him. Right, so I'm Fort Max. I'm hanging out in Luna One, where wherever it was, in on you know on Necro World or wherever they were, somewhere, and they're un- unaware of everything that's going on. Mm. I get the phone call. They say you've got to go here and do this. Mm. So they go, yeah, they go back in time, hit Primus the back of the head, and then yeah, then stay on the last light. And yeah, so that's just a just a little loop there. Because this Fort Max on the last page isn't going to go back in time. See, this is why yeah, the best line of dialogue in uh, the framing sequence of the Trials and tribula- Tribulations episode of uh, Deep Space Nine is when the, the temporal investigator is like, so this definitely isn't a predestination paradox. And when Cisco goes there, he goes, thank God, I hate those. <laughs> huh. I, uh, I, uh... Okay, I can buy into the the loop of the Luna One coming into this timeline and the other one staying in the other timeline. But, but, I'm, a, but a... I'm, I'm still not bought on the the thing happening in the future that you haven't triggered in the past. It's it's bringing us full circle because it's uh, it's what they tr- they tried to do where we didn't know it at the time at the end of uh, issue one where it's. The future 
people with their space phone read up the past to try and get them to do specific things to avoid the terrible future and totally failing at that. But this time they have succeeded. Like with a bit more careful planning and thought, they finally got they've improved that much as a crew over the years. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I hadn't really quite uh um yeah, to that. That is a good point. Okay, anyway, let let's move on and maybe I'll eventually digest this. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we have. Well, before we get to that, we have what the Rang scene. Ah, yeah, where he uh, he sorts out Chrome Dome and Rewind before he goes to to die. Where he... I don't, I don't, I'm just totally sure about getting them to hold hands. Things we it's been so long since we've had really anything significant to do. I didn't think there was anything particularly off in their relationship uh, at the moment. Yeah, because isn't the last time, really, when they were canoodling instead of Roller, where they seemed fine? But, well, there was the... But then Dominus uh, Ambus and the other up. And the other Rewind turns up. So, yeah, maybe that's sort of a bit of a <laughs> complication there. Really, he should have just said to Rewind, get the fuck over Dominus Ambus. <laughs> let, let it go. Um, yeah, but the, there was that story where we... That we lost in the 18 issues. I guess maybe there was a bit more exploration of what was going on there. Mm. Uh, maybe there's still stuff in the past. So, like, we know that um, Rewind was asking Chrome Dome to, to forgive himself um, in his goodbye message. So, there is still something we don't really know about Chrome Dome that's the, the big secret that um, Prowl had over him. Hmm. And I guess uh, Rewind probably still has Dominus Ambus on his conscience. Yeah, they did kill him quite uh, just a few days ago, I guess. Yes. <laughs> it's it's probably lucky that Rogue isn't going to be around after this issue, because I'm going to imagine Rewind going up to him afterwards again. Hey, uh, so you're guard right. Can you just make another Dominus Ambus? Um, God, he could do that. Can he? Can he? I don't... Yeah, he doesn't really seem to have much control over his, his uh, the Matrix. Well, and, I just think it's the sort of thing Rewind would do. He's, he's obsessed with Oh, right, right. Oh, okay, I see what I mean. <laughs> but, right, uh, hound him forever until until he gets a restraining order. Uh, but they're also, uh, I think, when Rugs say, so obviously say goodbye there, I, I'm amazed they're not like, so you're, you're going to go die now, then, aren't you? It seems very... They're very into each other. They don't pay much attention to what Rugs actually say. Yeah, he does say he'll be fine, I guess. They do ask him. He says he'll be fine. Um, and then he he leaves um, and uh, proceeds to generate 12 ma- matrixes and die. Um, do we think Rang would have died if he didn't need to generate this many? Oh, if his days were... Oh, just like... On a long enough timeline, would he have died? No, I mean, if, if he's generated a matrix before, um, does he die because he needs to generate so many? He's basically sacrificing yeah, himself. Yeah, I, I think that would be it. Yeah, yeah, for the plan. And he, he, I think he, he definitely knows he's gonna he's mm. gonna kill him yeah. because he deletes all his patient files. Because God forbid any of his patients should want to go to another psychiatrist <laughs> and be able to go. Here's my case history. Uh, this is all the help I've had so far. This is a good starting point. No, delete them all, you 
Dix is a terrible person, Rogue. They only had two psychiatrists and they're both dead now. Man, and I don't know what kind of computers they have on the lost light that they managed to delete millions of years of files within like two seconds. (laughs) But anyway... And, um, that could have been hours, hours of, of the little little bar going by. You know, you could have been thinking about about skids in the ceiling. For, for yeah, a that's a lovely, lovely little flashback there. Is, yeah. is that actually art from that issue? Is that uh, it looks redrawn waters? or at least recolored? Uh, recolored for sure. I was wondering actually. I didn't pull the original to check. Something a little off about those Milne question marks. That got me wondering. Mm. Oh. But still, everybody, everybody still loves skins. So they're very sad. You know, night beats dead in a corner somewhere. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, it's a it's a lovely metaphor, isn't it? Um, skids coming up from the sky to to grab Rung, take him along. Hmm. There's one thing before we kind of get into what comes later. There's something which I find really curious about this treatment of Rung, and even kind of the wording of you like of forgiving yourselves and and yeah and that metaphor of uh come with me to the afterlife like it's so christian mm. there's like there's nothing outside of like the the like the anglican experience here in terms of thinking about divinity and death and and uh and even morality uh, it's. Uh, I, I was kind. I, I quite. I really like this issue, and I'm really impressed of the craft of it. But um, yeah, it's, it's very unambitious in its uh, theological implications. I guess. Are you questioning God, Tom? Oh, because he's there on the panel. <laughs> he died for your sins, Tom. You'll yeah, never open. You know, he's, a, you'll never pass a morality lock. It's a uh, get through the, the eye of an right? eagle. He sits there, he dies, he knows what he has to do, he dies for the sins of, of everybody. Oh, James, <laughs> we expected better but, from you. But, yeah, but when Nick's doing all Catholic stuff, Tom loves it, so. Well, but, uh, but <laughs> Nick, Nick, um, Nick did it already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's a good point. I mean, the whole morality question, which I think I'd like to get to a bit more in detail in a bit when we get to it. Um, uh, but yeah, I had sort of it. And I don't think that the gods, like the, the guiding hand, know what's, what comes after. But even Rung himself thinks of it as an after, uh, where mm. the dead are waiting. Um, it's interesting. Uh, whether he has a reason to think that, or whether that's just the belief that even he holds about the after. Hmm. So I, uh, I guess we'll get this confirmed next issue or not. But do we think they actually remember wrong after this, or will that whole uh, mind wipe uh, information creep thing means they they will have pretty much forgotten him already? Oh, Aww. that would be that would be mean of the story, and I'm glad that the story won't live long enough for us to get an answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I, I love a framing of the, the parallel between his glasses and the round windows. That's very nice in the, uh, the art. Oh, mm. it, uh... Isn't it just? The art here, um, I really love the colours in the bit where you see the, the shot of Rang from outside the, the Lost Lies. Uh, the way John has done the warm yellows inside and the cold greys of the, um, the ship hull outside. Um, do you know what else, though, I realised? Um, sort of thinking about this issue and the last one of the reasons uh, uh, Rung was potentially felt so close to Skids was the memory loss itself um, mm. so helping Skids um, unearth his own memories I guess Rung was trying to help himself unearth his yeah and just struck me just strikes me now that I guess there's a parallel there with Misfire and Grimlock as well hmm it's a, a similar sort of relationship. Oh, and both Skids and Rung uh, die as a result of getting their memory back. Yes. Oh. I know what's James trying to say there. That's, that's um, it's best not to, to know yourself that well. Well, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh. It's too... Because now I'm just thinking of of, uh, of little edits and mm. uh, Rung talking about the um, the violence of forgetting. Mm. But then, yeah, it's this is the violence of remembering. Do you think the Grimlock uh, parallel um, is the same thing in that Grimlock... Had Grimlock lost his memory or could he just not express himself? Could he not find himself? As opposed to, because we don't know. He doesn't seem to... He, he seemed to just not be able to say what what was in his mind, as opposed to not knowing what was in his mind. Hmm. Okay. And, yeah. and he is still alive, I suppose. So it's not always that bad. But he couldn't. Him. He couldn't communicate. He couldn't write it down or anything like that. It seemed a bit more. Oh, I see. What you're yeah, it wasn't just a speech thing. Um. It seemed to me that Grimlock had like yeah, maybe not lost his memories, but lost his self. It was a bit more of a, that side of dementia or, or, or damage. Mm. Um, yeah, it seemed more like an injury. Yeah, but before we get to the, the real deep stuff, uh, this is page, the bottom of the page where Ungus died, uh, I want to see that conversation that gets mentioned where Flame has to go explain to all of the Grand Architect's troops <laughs> what the plan is. Because presumably, you'd have walked into the room and said, okay, guys, uh, there's a plan. And they'd be like, well, where's where's the boss? Where's the old... Uh, They've never seen him. Where's the Grand Architect? They've never seen him. Oh, we, we, we presumably... Oh, okay. So he's just pretending he's still alive so nobody goes, what the... F- what? Yeah. You want to take orders from the guys who just killed... <laughs> Everybody's dead now. It's... Scorpionock, Farmer, and Tyrex were like three guys, the main people in charge. Hmm. And they're all dead now. Uh, yeah, but they, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, infinite number 500 doesn't know that. They're just, they're just like, hey, it's the Grand Architect. Go do this. Cool. That's my entire life. That's just what I do. Uh, so, for, for Fla- Flame is the unsung hero then for, for successfully doing that. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's uh, backing. Backing the right side at the moment, <laughs> and also uh, because we obviously we know the uh, the giant Primus thing was something James had planned from the SARS. He, he said that uh, TF Nation, 
So, presumably, there's a good chance the whole pissing him in the back of the neck thing might have been in his head right from the start as well. So, if that was set up with Swerve all those years ago, mm. but do it, hitting somebody in the back of the head would make them change mode. That's another impressively long-term well, no, piece of foreshadowing. Well, also, there. the person he wanted to hit in the back of the head... What's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to think now it's like every issue James was writing something would just have him stop and go <laughs> oh there's another bit at the end um, with the um, don't forget me on Luna 1 uh, mm. Prime is sending a message do you know the hotspot on Shadowplay which is meant to be handshape and they say it's Primus's hand mm. so oh. there's history to Primus sending messages via hotspots I guess in the consciousness oh is the hand did he when he when he got hit by the forget ray? Did he did he hold up his hand? He kind of he kind of he sort of. He was yeah. I don't know. Michael Jackson that... did, didn't he? he? Didn't he? Didn't put his hand. Uh, up. My man's no connection between Michael Jackson and Christ. <laughs> I was trying so to was... realise what you were talking about. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Tom is miming. Uh, wrong, <laughs> being hit by the the amnesia ray. I d- or, I don't... or were you miming Michael Jackson? <laughs> Both. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if there was uh, if uh, the Primus's hand on that hotspot was a real thing or not, or whether it was just something. It was shaped that way, and it was just a council that were trying to make it. The council of the Senate. I think it was a council at the time. They were trying to make it into a thing that it was the hand of Primus, but it was just a, a weirdly hand-shaped hotspot. I think mm. it wasn't a real thing. Um, but anyway, the, yeah, it's just the idea that Primus would send messages this way that seems to be part of the of the backstory mm. um i have a question when the magnificence uh, said that they needed three yep for the matrixes to um uh, break the morality the morality lock why do you think the the magnificence wanted those three people what was there any point to all of that plan well, they're kind of dumb, aren't they, the Omega Guardians? Uh, who knows if it would have worked? <laughs> well, to, to be fair, if they are, Rodimus is a bit dumb as well, because of the 12 he picks, he keeps those same three people. Yeah. I mean, one of them is him, so that's just his ego. He'd have picked himself. Who's the best person? Mm, definitely Rodimus. Uh, yeah, I guess, what, was it Rodimus, Ratchet and Tailgate? They seem like pretty safe choices. I mean, the Magnificence clearly invested a lot in Tailgate. It was Drift, I think. Oh, Instead of Rodimus. Oh, okay. So then uh, it's one of us does a pick Drift because it's uh, Ratchet with a Matrix later on. So he does change one of the people with. Well, Drift doesn't have a stellar pass. So I guess that was a good uh, call there. Um, I, it would be interesting to see whether Drift could. I, I imagine he wouldn't be able to open the Matrix because he, he beats himself up quite a lot. We've got the whole conversation about the morality lock here, where they're trying to work out how the hell it works, why it works. Uh, how do we think it works? <laughs> why it works? I, I take issue to the fact that it's called the morality lock. And I mean, they do have this conversation about what does that mean? And Ratchet, especially, is like, oh, the, um, the pure of spirits, says Drift, meaning you have to be a good person. Meaning? 
what the fuck does that mean which takes us back to the uh do you know the first issue of season two nautica and brainstorm talking about color-coded lasers so good guys <laughs> and bad guys uh even though it's brainstorm here who is actually raising these questions himself what if you do good things for selfish reasons or bad things that lead to, to good outcomes is this a character development on uh, brainstorm's part do we think it reminds me of a bit from the simpsons of like Lisa becomes a god of a society, and like, oh God, why do good things happen? Why, why do bad things happen to good people? Hands over to someone else. Why am I so fat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's the word morality that gets me here. It's um, I, I don't know because morality is is a concept which is subjective, sure. But it isn't. I don't. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. This. Well, uh, I'm having. Who named it? We the morality. Oh, we, who we, named it? The morality we, lock. We still don't know who actually made Rung. No. Or what, what his genesis was, because he's, he's not really the creator of the Transformers. He's just the first Transformer. So presumably, whoever made him. Well, yeah, well, he's a factory that makes but, more Transformers. I guess. Or part of the factory. It's a name, I suppose. That it, it could mean nothing. Do you guys, do you know what I just realised? Rung is a good psych- psychiatrist because he's he's done what a good psychiatrist or psychologist or psychoanalyst is meant to do, which is to get you to accept yourself and come to terms with yourself. Ah. And he's gotten everyone who gets to open a matrix to come to terms with themselves and their past and accept that. Well, al- almost. They, they still leave that speech from Rodimus. Fair enough, but so you I, know. I, I, bet, I bet Rodimus actually takes all the credit for it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, okay, so it makes sense that he would put that kind of lock on the matrix, but would he have called it a morality lock? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get the implication here that Rung put the lock on the Matrix. Um, oh, I did. I just didn't get the implication that he's the one who called it a morality lock. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that does change things. Yeah, if Rung did this as a form of therapy, that makes quite a lot of sense, actually. Um, yeah, I was kind of seeing it just like whatever weird Chitulu be god being that made cybertron <laughs> just has all these arbitrary uh yeah like um, well, i suppose the name morality lock would have would have come up in the millions of years after everybody lost their memories then when the functionist council or whoever it was had built up a religion around primus before them would have just gone around naming things yeah because we've got like the um it's yeah uh, we got we've got um what are they? The the signs of affinity, which I think we're pretty certain are bullshit. Yeah, I think, I think this really does. And the signs of affinity are like a libertarian idea, right? Just like some of us are special, and we're just meant to be uh, this forever. And that's the kind of like what thunderclash in, in bodies. And sounds like a senate thing as well. Yeah, yep. they were very Th- much thunderclash. The fact that they no, sorry, they Tom. make like a sentinel prime, like oh yeah, our guy. He was just always supposed to be the head of everything. Mm. That's that's just the way it is, and he can do God these given. tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do these easily, easily uh, fakeable tricks that uh, that mean that he's he's uh, he's the figurehead now. And but, yeah. sticking off, uh, I don't think Sander Clash gets to open the Matrix, does he? 
Oh, I thought he did. Which I thought was a little bit. Uh, wait a second. I made I made a list. Let me just check. Uh, did, did, did. Yeah, Thunder Clash is one of them, but oh, okay. he's not one of the ones. He's holding it yes, anyway. Yes, yes, yeah. you're right. I can see the panel now. Yeah, because uh, Thunder Clash is the one who's like, yeah, all, all, we Autobots are good. Uh, <laughs> and, so, yeah. and that's and that's why I thought it may would have been a good uh, a good little kind of like to not have him open one because he just because you you say you are and just because you are the, you know the best he's, he's learned nothing i wonder if he still thinks uh his mutiny uh taking part of mutiny was like the wrong choice to make at that time man <laughs> uh, this yeah. is a bit of a lost opportunity because he's sitting there with spinister who's so self-actualized mm. in fact nobody knows who spinister is except spinister <laughs> Yeah. I also say I just quite like the fact that Grimlock has no time for anybody shit. Uh, he, I, I don't think he'll be hanging around with the Lost Lloyd crew after this, uh, after next issue. He's going to be like, yeah, this is too much for me. I'm going to go find the other Dinobots who are no doubt still alive and happy somewhere. <laughs> and uh, minimal conversations are the best. And of course, the world is the one who uh, also has no time for it. Evie's like, yeah, dying of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but the fact that world gets to open it, I think, is um, is a major thing mm. in uh, in world development. A lot of people are saying that there were a lot of deaths in this issue. I don't think anybody's died except for Rang, obviously. Um, yeah, it's and a good guard's a pretty big one. <laughs> no, but the, uh, uh, yeah, people it's, it's, thought uh... that a lot of people died in the final scenes, and I don't think anybody has. That's an interesting. Uh... That, that speaks to how effective this sort of, uh, you know, the, the raising stakes and the the the, the desperation comes out. Because, yeah, I, I, maybe I, I Whale... I guess we'll find out for sure. Next whale, time. maybe Whale gets killed. It looks like Minimus is dead at one point, but he's fine. He's fine. A whale is fine. He's had his legs blown off before. Mm. It's uh, not a big thing. Whale's used to this kind of thing. He's a vacuum. Maybe somebody could just give him some hands. We're sorry, maybe fix him. Uh, I suppose before we get into the, the opening thing, uh, there's definitely one moment that I think Marion's going to want to talk about for a, a good half hour uh, between Ratchet and Drift. I have nothing to say. The page speaks for itself. Oh. I, am, I am on record to say that if this ever became canon, I would be the happiest person on earth. I am the happy, happiest person on earth. It's canon. It's fine. It's all good. And I'm also on record to say that if this thing happens between them, I shall celebrate the end of Lost Light. I am now going to celebrate the end of Lost Light. <laughs> um, another bit, though. Um, the tailgate when he opens the Matrix, it's like he's hoverboard. Oh. <laughs> See, it's all it's all been planned. Oh, we're, we're brainstorming Nautica to get together as well, but nobody cares about that because we're not as cute as they don't, they don't get together they hold hands okay let's not jump here they they are <laughs> amica don't forget so they they are already bonded in that way so we don't see we don't we don't there's nothing else to imply that there's anything more going on there yeah, that's what it, it is in a sequence between of all partners because you got uh ratchet and drift Brainstorm and Nautica and a node and look and, 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 all, all in a row. Uh, and Crankcase and First Aid. I mean, they're, they're kind of... Right, yeah, that's, there's some serious uh, passion there. <laughs> We've got our... Oh, yeah, sorry, I missed that in the middle. Damn, no, ignore what I just they said there. They look a bit similar, but... Uh... <laughs> in fact, yeah, it's Thunder Clash and Spinister as well. I don't know how I skip those two battles. <laughs> Confirmation oh, bias. They're all at it. Just, it's just 
gonna be nothing but canoe later for next issue. <laughs> Second Transformers kiss on panel. Ah, see, I yeah, it's nice, but I, it's nice and all. But I was just thinking, like, they don't really have the firepower to hold off all those dudes. The way it's drawn, it's just the three of them, and they're not. Well, they've, they've got Wipeout with them. That's all they need. That's <laughs> this is his moment. That's what he's in the story for, Tom. With his Magneto powers. Um. Yes, it's nice that they get their button on the end. I wonder what made Rodimus choose specific people. Because mm. uh, has he ever really spoken to Roller? Ever? What does he know about Roller that would make him think, yeah, you're the, you're the guy who should be doing Optimus this? Optimus is best friend. Must be good. Yes. Riptide. There's some severe forgiveness there. He said Riptide. Yeah, good this. point. We are, it is implied that Rodimus just kind of lists a few people off the top of his head. And uh, and yeah, why would Riptide be in there? Is he, is he just doing it randomly? Is he choosing the people that he knows need that pick-me-up and that confirmation about themselves? Hmm. You think? Okay, he doesn't know. Because Roller, Roller was beating himself up about the death of... Um, the guy who he saw in the fake after spark. Oh, uh, Sprocket, was it? Uh, Springer. Springer, sorry. And he was always a bit down on himself back in um, Shadowplay days because he wasn't as strong enough as everybody else. Or, like, not sure, he was much stronger than everybody else, but he wasn't special. Mm. He wasn't an outlier. Um, so he knew that he needed this kind of confirmation about himself. And that, that works for Swerve as well. Um, I don't know, you think, yes. you think you'd pick Rewind over uh, Riptide? Well, Riptide uh, I, has always had this thing where he puts, like, he feels less than mm. um, because he's not as clever as everybody else and he always feels like other people are trying to, like, he's, yeah, he doesn't like other people being smarter and he doesn't like, so he's got this kind of underlying self-hatred going on, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, this makes a lot of sense because that panel where Rodimus is saying, you know, I don't know if it's as simple as that. Yeah, I can really see him, yeah, picking them like that. But that, and yeah, and that would make sense for Ultra Magnus as well. The only one it doesn't work for is Thunderclash. Because mm, he's already pretty full of himself. But then so. that could be Rodimus doing that for himself. <laughs> yeah, Rodimus would uh-huh. rather than for. Yeah, admitting that he's actually a good guy. Mm. Can, can you imagine what how Rodimus would have felt though Thunderclash had opened the Matrix? We know. <laughs> help for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah the fact that he didn't actually proves the point mm. Santa Claus does not uh, think it's, it's, it's lucky they, they all got uh, triggered uh, by the speech at the same time as well because they, they all had to be opened simultaneously Thunderclass should open this easily and then everybody else had needed a speech the whole plan I, mean, there, I don't know how big Cybertron is but there must be a communications lag going. I mean you know the simultaneously thing is, is kind of you know a bit stretchy well okay, <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, it, I, I also love how uh, sorry look at the art how Croc is giving Velocity severe side eyes when she says you can't open it he's like oh come on <laughs> <laughs> On eugenesis as well. That's that's where she's standing. <laughs> yeah, we've had, we have some interesting uh, place names here, don't we? Which is weird because that's uh, I think the first time that was turned to a place name on Cybertron was actually in Regeneration One. Yeah. So it's like it's a double callback to both his book and that amazing Regeneration One comic that is much loved by everybody. Uh, 
You were saying about how you don't believe Wipeout could be uh, could hold off all those people. Well, look at Chronome and uh, Rewind, uh, sort of basically holding off the Functionist guards uh, by putting their faces into their fists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling there's supposed to be a lot more infinites around that there just wasn't really uh, space for. I mean, it's established that they have billions, billions, squillions. They have X number of infinites and that they are providing backup, but they're not, they're just not they're, in every oops. panel. Now, speaking of place names as well, uh, I must have, apparently, this is from uh, way back in issue one, this place was first mentioned. So I must have clicked uh, out of the name reuse at the time, but I've forgotten, but it was a, it was a thing. But, uh, Warriors Gate, which is, of course, as we all know, a uh, 1981 Tom Baker Doctor Who story <laughs> set at a. Uh, cross path between different alternate universes where at the end of it they all have to uh, make an emotional choice so they can escape by uh, going to sort of a zen place and accepting uh, themselves um, okay yeah that's spot on it's also isn't that where no um, Cyclonus isn't from there is he? he's from Tetrahex yeah. but he misses Warrior's Gate I guess because he likes being zen it's, well, it's, it's a very good story. It was uh, the one they were showing where Tom Baker and Anne seems leaving. Oh. It's uh, surreal, set in an empty white void, and uh, crazy, crazy stuff happens. A lot of drugs involved in the making of that one. Good, good, you know, so you got to be creative in the way you can be creative. Um, okay, should we talk about about the meaning of all these Matrix openings? Mm-hmm. Should we dig right into it? Mm-hmm. So the 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 structure of it is. Rodimus picks his guys. They can't open the Matrix. The Matrix won't respond. Rodimus tells them some things they need to hear. Some There's some swapping around of, of Matrix openers. Mm-hmm. And then they can all open the Matrix. And let's, let's mm-hmm. unpack what's going on there. Uh, Rodimus is really loving the big speeches about how great they all are lately. It's like his second one in about three issues. So he, cer- he certainly got, got it down pat. <laughs> yeah, we're an so unlikely wrong. group of friends. We're an unlikely group of friends, but we're all really great. As I said to the Grand Architect, just remember that speech, really. It's... Well, not everybody was there when he said it to the Grand Architect. I guess it was a bit of a dress <laughs> rehearsal. Also, you know, everybody likes to hear. You know, maybe we could all do with a friend who tells us all how great we are um, every few minutes. I think it's it's his strength. We've seen this from the beginning. Uh, Rodimus is not very good at the the management stuff, but the leadership stuff he's got down, and this is why people follow him even when he screws up. But the big speeches are his thing. It's how he got everybody on the ship in the first place. The story starts with a big speech by Rodimus, um, and uh, it ends with them being back where they started. Then, isn't there a point where Megatron was as well? Yep. It's where he started the Decepticons. Yeah. It's where he started. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we are back where we started, but we are not who we were where we started. Oh. Everybody has, everyone has traveled a very long way. It's not where you get to, but the friends you make along the way and all that. <laughs> <laughs> the real, more than meets the eye was blah, blah. Um <laughs> We we've got uh, the hero's journey, I think, pretty much down to a T here. Um... Speaking of callbacks, I think uh, Swerve 
damages his other arm uh, compared to what we got hurt in uh, Chaos with uh, the DJD's bullet. Oh, nice. So, I'll take that. It's a, everything's a callback. It's all a metaphor. So. I mean, <laughs> oh, look, look at, we're all oh, getting sorry, yeah. his lower body blown off is what happens in issue one as well. Mm. If Cyclonus had also broken his horn off, I think oh. it would have been a bit... <laughs> Oh, maybe that ended up on the cutting room floor. Uh, look, look at Ratchet just being so happy when he's opening the Matrix. Atheist, my ass. Soon as he can do it, he's like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. Magic God powers. <laughs> I wonder what it was that Ratchet wasn't forgiving himself for. Um, oh, is it just that he's, he's so, he's so self, he's, well, he's self-deprecating. He's, he's like that with everything that he just did not want. It was too... Being nice to himself was a bit too too syrupy for Ratchet, I think. He just wouldn't take that step. Um, well, there's some, there's some clever stuff going on on what, you know, the kind of stuff John Barber's always trying to do with the narration panels, but don't quite, doesn't doesn't really mesh. It's this sort of Alan Mori. Mm-hmm. Rodgers' speech maps, each phrase maps to what's happening, right? Yeah. So. Should we take it panel by panel? Let's take it by panel by panel. This is your co-captain speaking, and I've got a question. Can't really see much uh, parallels between Tailgate mm-hmm. and Cyclonus there. Made it this far, the distance between the missile and Ultra Magnus. Ah, but he calls himself co-captain. Yes. Yeah, that's a huge deal, isn't it? This is your co-captain. Yeah, okay. Hey, but poor old Ultra Magnus. Even in this great life-affirming moment for everybody, he doesn't get to open the Matrix. Aww. Still, after all these years, there's even a bit where he's deliberately riffing on the film, well, isn't he? Where he's, so, so, he's, but he, like he's not saying I can't deal with this right now. It's with the whole uh, it won't. Well, it's exactly thing. as Rodman says. We're not. He's not the smartest. He's not the strongest. He's not the bravest. He's not the best. He's been wearing this disguise, and he, mm. when he's stripped from it, he still feels like he's. You know, he's still. He's right there. He doesn't have the firepower. He doesn't. He's not the fastest. He can't do it. That's how he feels. That's how he feels about everything. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then Riptide has always had trouble getting along with anybody. He's not natural bedfellows. And he then talk. He then calls Megatron a poet. He does. Yeah, I got that. Um. He says to Swerve that, you know, all these kinds of contradictions between himself, all that kind of uh, Swerve stuff, the, the barkeeper, the priest and the, uh, and the stand-up comedian shouldn't work, but it does for him. And, uh, you know, he talks about what um, Brainstorm and Nautica have in common. And then the written... You know, Ratchet's so happy when he says that, like, just look at who you're with. We all have each other. And Whirl thinks of someone he respects and trusts his judgment. He's always kind of talked about how in awe he is of Ultra Magnus. And kind of seeing him, you know, seeing the real Ultra Magnus vulnerable and defeated. Has he? I haven't. Uh, that's something I haven't. Um... There's been a cup right early on. He talks about how scared he is of Ultra Magnus and how uh, you know he, he's like how impressed and scared he is. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe one other thing, 
but yeah, I, I, I. Because in this particular panel, I thought um, that Guerrero was thinking of Cyclonus actually. Oh, okay. Um, that could, yeah, that definitely, that definitely works. Um, the way the, like, yeah, it works for both, doesn't it? The way the panel's mm-hmm. set up, that kind of the reading of it, respect, well, looking down, he's looking down, we go down, judgment you trust, mm-hmm. right by Minimus Ambus. Tr- yeah, visually. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like his, that, yeah. his, um, yeah, relationship with Cyclonus is definitely somebody he respects mm-hmm. and somebody he trusts with his life. And then, you know, it, 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 an easy one of this fire and swerve. Uh, Someone who makes got the same vibe going on. Mm. Lug and Anode make each other happy and feel exactly mm-hmm. who you are. It's a bit on the nose, a bit, bit thudding there, but mm-hmm. it's earned. And yeah, the thing that, you know, Riptide is still uh, struggling but just that idea that someone's thinking of him. Because mm. he stuck up for them all. Throughout the mutiny, he was... Hu- yeah, he did. Well, hiding eventually. in those vents. He took a lot of nudge guns to the face. He had a he got thrown to the scraplets. And just that idea that somebody would do that for him. And then quite, uh, you know, back to Whirl. Because Whirl's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up, uh, you know, or you absolutely brutalized by those in power, and then just kind of owned it. And you, you know, in, certainly in South Africa, a lot of people who went through things pretty similar to Whirl, who were mutilated and tortured and kind of torn apart by the authorities became torturers, became policemen, became, well, you know, Wells a very comic book version of that where he's like a wet works, black ops, uh, commando guy. He's of the crew. He's, I think, arguably the worst. Mm. And he was... In the things he's done, his attitude, his, uh, his sort of lack of introspection in many ways, apparent lack of introspection because we know it's not real. Um... But yes, arguably, I think he's one of the worst of the lot. Mm, and always contrasted with Cyclonus, because Cyclonus thinks a great deal about who he is and why he does this and uh, has trouble coming to terms with how murderous he is. Yes. Uh, and so welcome aboard here uh, in the Will, the world panel. Will was never welcomed aboard. In fact, he was called the weapon of mass destruction. Uh, by Red Alert and uh, Ultra Magnus, since we're talking about Ultra Magnus next to him here, would not have him. And they end up taking him because he just <laughs> he just happens to be there and they need to be off. Yes, yeah, so Cyclonus yeah. got taken by Eventually, Yeah, but, uh, but Will never did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hadn't spotted that. Um, yeah, and I, I, like this kind of moment... It is, it is it is very Christian, um, but it's kind of subversive uh, in today's cultural landscape. I think the idea of, you know, it, it is it is Megatron's um, new philosophy. It is peace through empathy. Mm-hmm. Kind of equating someone as monstrous as well with someone as, you know, thoroughly decent but insecure as Ultra Magnus and saying that's the same essential problem. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is that is huge. That is very much. Um, that would be a better world if that were more part of the fabric of our systems and philosophies as you know we ostensibly live in a christian civilization which has very which doesn't really have which you know it claims to be founded on 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 that basis on the basis of of what we have here but absolutely doesn't follow through with that where it's important you know in the news this week yeah. we have uh you know kind of horrific um, reports of people of immigrants being held indefinitely in detention centers you know the sort of stuff we've kind of gotten used to from hearing about the United States that's been you know that's been happening here for years um, and uh, yeah for, for no for yeah crimes that are inconvenient to power not even destructive crimes or uh, anything which is really upsetting the fabric but you know, the, the, but they're being punished from just a complete and uh, far-reaching lack of empathy, and the idea that some that 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 that, that it can be your fault that you are um, in the wrong place at the wrong time, or even you could be someone like well, like it's not really anybody's fault. We should. It's everybody's kind of everybody's got that weakness and the lost light is being portrayed here as a a place where that is acknowledged and loved and that's why we can all open the matrix if we're good because we're all good enough well if we think so (laughs) yes even team well even team well so what bits of Rodimus' speech do we think especially spoke to Thunderclash, Roller, Velocity and First Aid, Oh, Aid, yeah. Maybe, you know, I'm sure they got to cut for time. Maybe some lines. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you are perfectly capable of being the Chief Medical Officer. Aww. You're, you're just as great as you think you are. Yeah, maybe we could fit them in. You know, you're sure as hell good enough that could be for First Aid. Um, someone who's uh, each other. That well, no- velocity. Don't forget, she had to take her medical exams. I don't know how many times. And um, she's uh, Ratchet has not been very kind to her uh, in trying to assert his uh, his power mm. and uh, his authority. Um, I don't know that we've seen velocity. I don't think she has any other dark secrets that we know of. I think that's the one thing we do know about her is the fact that she she was very insistent, but she was never... And Nautica throws that in her face as well, as I recall, um, at some point. Mm. Maybe you're, you're good enough with probably cover all four of them, would it, if they don't really have her. And I'm being a bit uh, mean to Santa Clash. It's only because he—he's, you know, he. I think he's meant to rub you the wrong way um, when everybody else adores him. But I think he's meant to be quite humble, isn't he? So he's not self-congratulatory, even though everybody else congratulates him all the time. He's always very, oh no, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I am not, you know. Maybe it's genuine. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he really believes it. Yeah, it is tricky when you have. Uh... A comedy character who is now supposed hmm. to hit quite a specific dramatic role. Oh, but do you know what I think is 
so tragic here that the um, uh, Nautica opens the matrix. Nautica still has no feelings, uh, no memory of her feelings for skids at this point. Hmm. Yeah, but then she, but then I guess the context here is that she's uh, letting brains, letting somebody else in. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that could be going on with Nautica there, but I just think it would have been a better moment for mm. her if she was having to come to terms with Kids' death at this point. Yeah, that, it feels like the, that's uh, a bit of a casualty of compression. Mm. Of course, the Matrix does traditionally have healing properties. So uh, is she going to get those memories back from having opened it up and be bathed in this magic light? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of magic light going around. Mm. Are they all going to get upgraded oh. bodies now? <laughs> is this the uh, tradition? Are they all... Because he actually is one of us prime now. He's opened the Matrix. So is everybody going to be bigger, stronger, oh, faster? Yeah. <laughs> They're all Ratchet Prime, Misfire prime. prime, Swerve Prime. He's half a prime. He uh, shares it, yeah. doesn't he? So he's... <laughs> What's half? I mean, I thought the whole point of primes is that you can't divide them by anything but themselves. But what one person is going to be coming a prime? Eh? Oh, That's... little old Megatron. Megatron has been judged. Yeah. Which was the point of a whole uh, of his joining the quest, of course, to to go to Cyber Utopia and be judged. So... He can't complain. He's been judged by himself. At the end of the day, the only authority he really respects. Of course, we have the movie callback. Rodimus opens the Matrix. With his teeth this time. Yes. But before, but then Megatron passes him the Matrix. Megatron calls, I mean, Rodimus calls himself co-captain and Megatron. And he does uh, thank him for the judge in giving the speech. So it's a, it's all a team effort, oh, all of it, the whole thing. But not in Megatron's eyes now. He's a he knows what he he thinks he knows, but he is irredeemable there. So that's gonna be. Well, yeah. The last time we hear or see or read Megatron think about himself is when he gets congratulated by his crew on how many lives he saved over the past hundred years. And he says, no, not good enough, not good mm. Um, Which is Megatron's attitude to many things. Uh, he's never, never, never anything is good enough. He, everything needs to be more and bigger and better and more extreme and beyond. And so I, if he ever finds a place of contentment, I think it would be a huge deal. But would he ever be Megatron if he found that place of contentment? Mm. Although he did, he had that moment on the last slide when he thought he was on drugs, where he said he was happy. Yeah, that's a very good point. Where when, when that, that was just before remain not remaining light, dying uh, of the light, dying yeah, of, the light. of the light. Okay. So what was he doing? He was teaching. He was teaching, and he lost control um, with uh, Minimus. He went to see Velocity about his um, special fuel. And uh, she was, uh, yeah, she was asking him various questions, and uh, he said uh, he was happy. Okay. Hmm. And then the whole um, Dying of the Light kicked off, the digits ended up, and they ruined it for him. 
Oh, JD. But, but, but I think they might be aware of this in advance, though. It doesn't seem that giving Megatron a Matrix and sending him off to another point was ever considered an idea. So it was, and he doesn't seem to have argued with just being stood there next to Rodimus. You would have thought splitting up the, the two main captains so that they weren't just stood next to each other would, would have been a fairly sensible idea, actually. So yeah, it doesn't make a lot of tactical uh, sense. <laughs> Uh, there's a tacit acknowledgement there that nobody thought Megatron was going to be able to open a Matrix more hand, but now he's, now he's got, got it shoved in his face as well. Hmm. A lot of the pairings didn't, don't make tactical sense, though. <laughs> no. So I think they just sent people off together in pairs. So, like what made sense for them to... <laughs> the pairs that made sense for them to die with. Yeah. <laughs> And the hotspot has been ignited, which would have been a much bigger deal if it hadn't been for the other hotspot over in... Uh... Oh, no, that's gone. Cybertron's gone. Oh, no, no, no it's, it's in Trypticon. Oh, okay. So, no, it's not as Trypticon's full of babies. Yes. Okay. But for now, who knows what will happen next month. Yeah. So, story-wise, just to sort of state the Hey, whoa, sh- hang on. Something just hit me. In the, we're in the past here, in in yep. terms of yeah, two or two or three years before Unicron, isn't it? Yeah. Right, that is kind of when the that's when Cybertron, like Cybertron Prime's uh, hotspot. Yeah. No, you, you can't call it Cybertron Prime. You did it open a no, Matrix. That's true. Um, <laughs> Let's get confusing if you do. That's when the original Cybertron. Uh, that's when it came back online as well. Mm. Does that mean we've got ourselves twelve primes? Um, well, so the thirteen counting the- Misfire. Yeah, have we got ourselves thirteen primes? Got ourselves a new uh. thirteen primes. So we've got Ratchet Prime, mm-hmm. Misfire Prime, Swerve Prime, mm-hmm. um, Lug Prime. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, what's his face? <laughs> uh, Riptide Prime. Uh, mm-hmm. World Prime, Telegate Prime. First Aid Prime. First Aid, Thunder Clash, Roller, Velocity Prime. I've got two women primes, hooray. Oh, ah. Anotica, three women primes. And Rodimus Prime at long last. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. And we can have so a lot of fun mapping wise... them to the traditional 13 primes. Oh, okay. Oh, God, yeah, that's, that's deliberate as well, isn't it, man? The choice of numbers, he's a... Do we do we want to have a go? I wouldn't know enough to to attempt it. They're they're all shockwave. <laughs> they're <That's> all... <laughs> shockwave didn't know about any of this, did he? No, Mister Know It All. So we have a new Cybertron, mm-hmm. uh, a revitalized Cybertron with some dead functionists in it. Do we see them die? Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, heavily well, I see mostly. They get yeah. washed away pretty. They become one with the Matrix. Oh, bless them. We have a regenerated hotspot on Luna 1. Mm-hmm. Um, is Luna 2 still around? Uh, yes. Uh, which one was it? Wrong punch? That uh, was Luna 2. That was in the Functions no. universe, though. In this universe. Oh, oh well, I guess Luna 2 would have gone up with Cybertron. Okay. So we're, we're missing a moon. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we've got a bigger, better... 
which is what Rodimus set out to find. Cyber Utopia, a renewed, better, revitalized Cybertron. Hmm. I mean, it's going to take some work to kind of unpick what the functionists have been doing it to for a very long time, but uh, yeah, that's a, but it's a, that's a project. Full of energy, planet. Yeah. Well, but what it's going to need is some people to go down there and help out, uh, guide them, as it were, sort of a guiding oh. hand. If you if you uh, if you take the drift of, uh, of what I'm saying, and uh, it's all gone full circle, back to the beginning. <laughs> is this the end? Not quite. And Swerve finally got to say, to be concluded. But it's a whole nother story. Uh, uh, poor old Fortress Maximus didn't get to have a Matrix. What have he'd be a he'd have been an obvious no. choice. He's even got the faux Latin name. He'd have been he's great a, surprise. He's a cop. He's got that would be too he's long. A cop. Too long a name. Oh cop. I thought you said something else. <laughs> Fortress Maximus is prime. Rung may have really put too much effort into spelling out that message. <laughs> Maybe that's what killed him. <laughs> yeah, so, that, there's like all these other sparks that haven't been lit up. So <laughs> I'm targeting it very specifically. Oh, and he wrote it in English. <laughs> okay, so do we want to try and guess what's going to happen now? Um, so what we got is like a slightly longer issue? Uh, um, very slightly. Okay. Yeah, to 22... No, 24 pages, pages, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, four pages longer. So, and it, it is an epilogue. So I think, my guess, we're going to see some wrapping up of loose ends in a sort of like um, like the pro story that we got at the end of Remain in Light. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm imagining something sort of like that. Um, we better get a goddamn bloody wedding. <laughs> Lots of weddings. Everybody gets married. <laughs> but I, I would rather it wasn't. I would rather that it wasn't like a, um, a joint ceremony. I would rather people just went off and did their thing. These moments should be special for the people involved. They should not involve group weddings. Drift and Ratchet would just sneak off somewhere. I think. I think uh, Cyclonus and Tailgate will have a big wedding because Tailgate's that sort of person. <laughs> Cyclonus will be like, oh. Yeah. But Drift, Drift would want a big wedding as well, but he, he, he will be subservient to Ratchet Prime. No, he can't. He's into all that religious stuff, so he just have to say yes to you, to everything Ratchet wants. Oh, man. Oh, man. Ratchet's going to rub that in for the rest of their lives, isn't it? I'm Prime now. <laughs> Look at me. I, I didn't even have to be religious. <laughs> and they, they all get to keep their matrix as well, presumably. So he'll be uh, whipping it out and opening oh, it at every opportunity. <laughs> what's uh, Misfire and Swerve going to do? Are they going to share it? Um, yeah, I can imagine some kind of time-sharing <laughs> thing, posting it back and forth. Oh, man. So, yeah, this is in the This still has potential to turn up in the end of days in Unicron, doesn't it, in some form? Like, yeah. I, 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 would... I can kind of see them sort of turning out, even though I don't actually know what's happening in Unicron at the moment, but I can kind of see the crew turning up at the crucial moment at the end. That's going to make it a very packed class issue of Unicron, but I suppose... Uh, oh, we weren't going to talk about Unicron again. Look at what we're doing. Oh, it's uh, all happening. But uh, there's a lot of need- of needless characters in an ultimate issue of Unicron. We just sat there. Just so they can go, here's this, here's Destro. You've all been wondering what he's been up to. 
and here's free Cobra Commanders. That's that's what you've been waiting for. <laughs> so yeah, I can, I can imagine we would just have Rodimus turn up at the end just to be in it, and not, not actually do anything. But uh, I think I think the last issue will connect in some way back to Cybertron uh, to pay off the quests. I'm sure that like Rodimus put in a call to Optimus mm. two years ago. When this is set, so we'll, we'll have a little chat. Uh, I can see maybe going to see like that in the next issue. But no, Optimus can't have Optimus isn't acting in Unicron like he has any knowledge that there's a new Cybertron mm. out there. Maybe they they you went on that... vacation after this and lost light. They were like, fine, had <laughs> yeah. enough. Let's go, let's go over to Hedonia and just hang around for a while. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Maybe the next issue we'll all be sat there on the new Cybertron and then Unicron will turn up and eat it. <laughs> well, that, so that's that's the thing, right? Like he's not just eating those worlds. Some kind of wacky situation where he's p- putting the stars out mm. somehow across the universe. Um, like in that uh, Russell T Davis Doctor Who season finale. Uh, that's some somewhat that's, like that's that. John ba- that's Barber doing it with time. Like, what's it? Uh. <laughs> it's, uh... Um, yeah, so we need to. So Megatron's trial or something, you know, the fate of Megatron, big uh-huh. point, needs to happen. Um, I-, I think there'll be a lot of little vignettes. Uh, I- if he hadn't said we weren't going to see him again, I'd have assumed uh, there'd be a little cutaway to the Saris, and maybe Nicole going yeah. back home, but apparently that's, that's not happening. A- so I guess, I guess she's sticking with her, with, with her scavengers. <laughs> Who will scavengers will go off back to doing what they were doing before? They're not going to be too bothered about being fancy, <laughs> or they'll try and the assert- set up some sort of scheme on the new Cybertron where they're just uh, fleecing everybody, have all their money. I'm not. Uh, I haven't missed around, have I? I don't think we've seen Nicole in this issue at all. She's in the. She's defending one of the Matrix bearers. Okay. Uh, um, I forget which one. Okay. I, I would guess she'd be with either Misfire or Croc, wouldn't she? She'd stick. She's stick with Riptide. No, with Riptide. Okay, because I... Oh, yeah, yeah, I see her now. She's on the Croc. Because she wouldn't be able to open that goddamn Matrix bloody racist. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything in the fact that you've got uh, Fulcrum, Nickel and Riptide in a panel mm-hmm. as a team... And Riptide's muttering cheap knockoff merchandise. Because <laughs> a weird number of people take exception to like characters who don't have toys mm-hmm. about how they're not important and they shouldn't have time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always found that of a course, bit of a one weird... of them has a third party toy as well, uh, or for forthcoming uh, plans. That's uh, Eyes of Hasbro, and anyone who works for Hasbro, all the third party toys are cheap knockoff merchandise. Yeah, the the Hasbro loyalty stuff really weirds me out. Um, But that's a different discussion for a different time. Um, What else needs to happen in in issue 25? What do you want to see? Do you think Rodimus has told them about Rung? Oh. If if anyone remembers. Oh. Because it actually, when Rodimus rushes in with the Matrixes to Megatron, he's making jokes. Going, oh, it's a red hot plan. Marvel going, oh, Rugs just died. That's a bit sad. So it certainly looks. You could read it as Rodimus doesn't remember Rug when, well, when he once he's out of that room. Chrome Dome still looks very sad. Mm. 
Yeah, it doesn't look like there was time to tell him about Rung. Yeah, a memorial service. A mm-hmm. memorial service for Rung. Ah. Mm. Yes. That 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 works, doesn't it? I, I'd like Wipeout to do something. <gasps> this is anything. <laughs> the, new, the new logo of the new race will be Rung's face. <laughs> oh. Yeah, new auto brand. That's that's quite likely. I guess Wipeout and um uh Anode and Lug are all gonna make a new lighthouse. Oh yeah. Because yeah. they've got a lot of blacksmithing to do. Yeah, that never Th- went That's anywhere. why Wipeout came along. <laughs> do they still have alternate do they still have functionist universe anode? We haven't seen her, have we? We haven't heard of her being dead, but we haven't seen her. I mean if she was like she was kind of like real high up in the the, uh... oh, she would have been with Megatron, wouldn't she? Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, but is there the same? I guess being the same person, this one has the potential to become a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that kind of needs to be tied up. What? Yeah, even if we don't see actual Functionist Universe Anode, we're going to see our Anode become Functionist Universe Anode. Hmm. I think I'm thinking now that the very last shot of the series will be Swerve back behind his bar. Swerve drinks, that's what he's going to go back to. He's going to open up a pub and be very content. Maybe meet up with the uh, Functionist Universe version of Blur, who will be his biggest fan because he's just saved the planet. Is, is, is real Blur not around anymore? He is not. Oh, ch- but the, the functionist blur would be have to be pressed by Mo. Our blur never would be. If he's still on the planet, I guess we don't know who stayed on Cybertron. Mm. Um, you know what though? Arnold will have a lot of work to do because now she's got a job again. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, full time work. <laughs> Millions of children, and there's only three of them having to. <laughs> <laughs> no, two of them actually, isn't it? Because it's uh, mm-hmm. just a wipeout and uh, a node. Well, but... I suppose the functionists would have kept the blacksmiths around; those who didn't defect. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a functionist uh, message, though, isn't it? It's like, well, you know, we kind of need you to stick to your well, to your birthright here. Uh, if times... she wants to, she walked away from it. Yeah. God, that's going to be some emotional blackmail. We've got all these babies here ready to die. Are you really going to walk away and go back to? It's a, it's not a very good um, yeah. like um, for a race to only have one person that can uh, bring children into the world, is it? I mean, the, there's bound to be a few more, surely. Bit of the Smurf problem, <laughs> yeah. Let's um, hope. Hey, Functionally, Cybertron is going to be pretty messed up. It's going to take a long time to get the place sorted out. There's going to be some tough years ahead. Yeah, definitely. Triptych- they need a psychiatrist, really, to sort to help all the functionist victims. <laughs> <over. laughs> oh, that will prob- that will almost certainly happen, right? There'll be a new school of there'll be a new school of Rungian psychi- psychi- psychiatry. Yeah. Mm. Who will red alert? Yeah, all, all they'll need is Rung's files to use as a basis to uh, set up. Oh no! Oh well. Uh, red alert to you know, the fashion design. He's going to come up with a whole uh, range of necrobot inspired. Clothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd like to. I'd like to have a bit of a button on the necrobot and tusk and 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 there's a couple, <laughs> there's a couple of things going on and nightbeat, of course. Mm. Well, all, all the uh, 
the people who died in uh, everlasting voices, really. There's been no yeah. pause for them. So I guess a big joint funeral. A joint funeral and a joint wedding all on the same hmm. day. Oh, Four weddings. I wonder if Rung had a, um, a plinth on Necroworld. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to go back to Necroworld, aren't we? That, maybe that's where we'll have our funerals and such. Hmm. Is Necroworld just going to glitch out now with all the uh, functionists? In the universe. Oh God! Think of the <laughs> the record keeping. Oh my God! <laughs> so, Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus has lost his armor. Is anyone going to rebuild it? Well, well no. I, 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 that's the perfect job for him. Oh, be an acrobat, you mean? Yeah. Ah, he would love that, wouldn't he? Everything would yeah. have rules and be be able to be. Yes, I bet he would love functioning Cybertron as well, because isn't everything like in perfect order, categorized? And <laughs> he he was he was doing all right before they uh, <laughs> took his eyes. <laughs> um, also, Ultra Magnus was the Transformer God of Death in uh, GI Joe versus Transformers. Oh, well, there you oh, go. It's all God. Have, have we ever? Did we answer this last time? Is Quark around? Yes, Quark is around in the Functionist As universe. far as we know, right? Yeah, he's kind of a baddie, but... But he's oh. there. Oh, Brainstorm and Quark. Yeah. But, Brain- but Quark doesn't like Brainstorm. Well, well, we don't know, do we? It, no. it, I very much got the impression that Brainstorm never spoke of his feelings, so um, who knows? Maybe, but even just seeing him, I think, would make him happy. Yeah. Yeah, just to see his old funny face. Okay, Brainstorm's going to find Quark. Ultra Magnus is going to become new Necrobot. Megatron's going to have... Swerve is going to open a pub. Swerve's going to open a pub. What about Rodimus? Uh, Rodimus... New Quest. Yeah. New Quest, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, everyone will be like, are you going to say and sort all the shit out? And he'll be like, nope, I'm off. I've just got to go... Uh... He's going to go kill the Omega Guardians. Oh. She's going to go to the other plane, yeah. Yeah, him and Nickel and whatever. Uh, he's he's going to go find out. Yeah, I'm going to investigate the myth of Unicorn now and see what's <laughs> going on with that. <laughs> Ratchet's going to finally retire. Yes, finally retire with with Drift. Uh, honeymoon going to go kill some Japanese Decepticons. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, of course. He'll go, he and Drift will go and uh, sort out Desaurus. Oh, well, does the source need sorting out or does he just need talking to? Uh, I guess they'll, they'll, they'll think on their feet when they get there. Yeah, but they, they'll definitely be off on a retirement that becomes a comedy adventure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be good if we skip straight to the team up of Desaurus, uh, Nickel, yeah. uh, Ratchet and Drift. I think they make a great team. Um, the Black Block Consortia has been completely destroyed they are. By, by the Grand Architect. Is the council still around? I think they are. Uh, or, or did point they, to know. Did they get destroyed? Well, okay. The, the council's in the benzene cluster. Mm. We see a great big war between them and the Black Block Consortia who mm. are completely taken over by the Grand Architect. Mm. Then the Grand Architect clears out the benzene yeah, cluster to make space done, for the god they? gun yeah, yeah so we need a new government maybe that's ultra magnus's calling mm-hmm. they always liked him that, that means uh that the uh the galactic council captain from uh uh died of a light uh he got his come up and soft page then 
Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll have a flashback or some kind of... Maybe <laughs> he's, like, in hiding or something. Mm. But some... Because that, that, that was all his fault, really. Whatever <laughs> it happened, he died of a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Functionist... Think... Sorry. Um, no, it's kind of a dumb thought. I was thinking about Springer, but that's not going to come into it, is it? Oh, God, Springer. Yeah, the, he's out there, isn't he? I don't think he's going to come back. No, unless he does seen... in a yeah, unless he, he he it's a very small. Maybe we saw him like an Easter egg kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I can see an Easter egg. Um, uh, what I was just gonna say, the Functionist universe is rid of Cybertronians. If they all stay in this universe, all <laughs> Cybertronians are gone from the Functionist universe. Now. Oh, right, the well, world have... can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> We don't know how much damage the Functionists did. Yeah. I guess Megatron saved a lot of people, so... Yeah. Well, of course, I think they're free, but then the, uh, the Functionist version of Nova Prime will come out with Functionist Stark Universe and saw his wacky schemes. <laughs> um, I guess Earth is in the Functionist Universe. Mm. And they're... Uh, hang on. But then without Onyx Prime, we wouldn't have Civilization. And without the, the Enigma of Combination, we wouldn't have... Uh, Built technology, so uh, I mean, there's no Autobot logo. No. <laughs> just... Doesn't quite. They don't quite gel together, do they? These <laughs> separate ideas. Hmm. And uh, let's... do you reckon the scavengers get to build their clinic? <gasps> oh, I forgot all about Croc's clinic. Yes. Okay. All right. So we need we need psychiatrists. Red Alert will definitely be working there. Mm-hmm. Uh. Croc will build his clinic, maybe in Garrus Nine. I don't know. Do you know? Maybe, I don't know if that will help. No, it's, there's plenty of real estate or Cybertron. I, I still think we should leave Garrus Nine be a, a museum. Mm, no, yeah, that would be actually a great thing. Who's? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Agonizer. Oh Ag- yeah. Agonizer will run the Garrus Nine museum. Yeah. And nobody will go there because every. <laughs> Well, he, stuff, stuff going he's on. got the crazy teleporting thing going on. He could just like, you know, transport people straight to it. Mm. Yeah, like Flycatcher and Fables. Um, <laughs> okay, who are we missing? Uh, Thunderclash. What do we think Thunderclash is going to do? He'll oh. go with he'll go with Rodimus on the new quest. You reckon? Is Rodimus going to take him along? Yeah, he's forgiven him. Though. Just to rub it in his face, probably. So, remember that time you opened the Matrix and it was all that to me, giving you a pep talk? <laughs> ah, well, luckily I recorded my speech. Why don't we listen back to it? It's very good. Uh, Megatron is already known on Cybertron, presumably, from the work he's been doing all these years. So he'll be seen as a natural leader figure. Hmm. And then, yeah, whatever the outcome of his trial, we'll see how that goes. Mm-mm. I guess Brainstorm can do a... Weapons into plowshares thing. If he stopped making guns and made some, you know, anti-religious fundamental uh, fundamental propaganda uh, gun, he'd be uh, fine. I think it's going to be very hard for him to set up an anti-religious society after what just happened there. It's like, yeah, well, what we did was we used the soul of God 12 times over to save you all. But uh, let's move beyond this functionist primus space dogma. <laughs> well, they have the they ha- already have the useless one, right? They do, they do indeed. So. Did uh, did Madeira get destroyed in the end? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they lost all the knowledge in there, uh, but, but they have a lot of it on Luna One, don't they? 
so they could um, our, our doctors uh, could start advancing medicine which has stalled during the war not to mention we got these infinites mm. yeah um they could be i'm sure they'll all be released and given names and uh made proper citizens with voting rights and everything wow and they'll be the the mutants of the transformers world bigger better or maybe everybody Uh, wants to be an infinite i wonder what all the functionist guards are going to do now as well because they they all seem to stop their attack as soon as the matrixes are open they just immediately give up and stop trying to kill Kill everybody. Uh, yeah. So, and then we... Are they going to retire? Are they going to be on trial for crimes as well? It's going to be quite... A... I mean, it is a judicial system, which is where Ultra Magnus can come in as well. well sort out the... Uh, anyone who looks like an Armada toy is guilty of a scooter. Jeez, Ultra Magnus is going to be getting a lot of jobs. <laughs> oh, the mutineers is a question. Perceptor were left him behind. Perceptor and... Um... Scepter and I'm having a thing with names again. I want to say I, brainstorm. Um, no, I didn't mean brainstorm. Their relationship we've left. Oh, right, sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. I mean, it was pretty conclusive when uh, Perceptor bled acid or oh, <laughs> brainstorm the last time we saw. Uh, yeah, that's. that's uh, there's going to be a moment, a, a look. Between, I think there's going to be a big montage of panels. The characters are sort of looking at each other. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, some sort of uh, thing with all the mutineers showing. I guess that they're all okay now. Hmm. And uh, forgiven for nearly getting all their friends killed. The newborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I with, with Thagonizer. What, what's yeah. what's going to happen with Ratatat? Yeah, that's another generation right there. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't get much acknowledgement because it didn't feel like uh, when Grimlock turned up and he was just like, I left it over there. That, that was like, uh, let's, we don't have time for this. Let's just move on. <laughs> Despite the fact that he knew he was losing 18 issues, James decided to leave that plot in. So he must have had something in mind for it beyond, oh, I'm the, shoving the baby over there now. So I think we might hear about it again, even if it's just in passing. Yeah, and leaving the baby with agonizer seems very deliberate. There's lots of, mm. if you kind of, in one speech panel, you could have put the baby anywhere. Yeah, yeah. We took it to Earth. We took it to here, there, you know. Yeah, and there's no reason for James to wrap everything up conclusively. He can very easily leave a lot of things out there to the imagination of, oh, and we left that there, we left that there, and so on. Like, he needs to wrap up his characters and his plot threads here. There's no reason why he can't leave other things open. Hmm. Or pushed in directions like such as, oh, what's Agonizer going to get up to now? <laughs> okay, so I, I, I like a bit of ambiguity and uh, not completely crossing and dotting every line. Mm. Uh, to to uh, so uh, things that make you think afterwards when you're waking up at two o'clock in the morning. Again. So what was? Yes. That about what's the source up to now? Then I would uh, I, I prefer that sort of a, more of a prisoner ending. Uh, or even the Battlestar ending, or uh, rather than sort of a Regeneration 1. Oh, Ravage is in one panel. We better write a text story explaining why Ravage is in that panel so that everything is wrapped up exactly. Um, and also, I guess, something that encourages fan fiction. You know, you want to create a setting or multiple settings that have sort of 
a couple of story prompts in there. I imagine that's yeah. that's where the instincts exactly. of this writing go. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the uh, the keeping of quite a large gap between it when this is set and when Optimus Prime Stroke Unicorn is set is very deliberate uh, to uh, to let there be a gap for all your crazy fan fiction ideas and art to, to go in before whatever happens in the last issue of Unicorn happens. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he likes his fan fiction as James. So he's, uh, he's, he's got a bit of a history there, so I see very much nurturing. I, can, I, I predict Don't... in a few years he'll write a little bit of fanfic under a pseudonym. <laughs> and we may never hear about it. <laughs> It'll... Uh... I wonder what the, uh, the more of a BTI equivalent of uh, writing a story that explains where Amiga Supreme was during Target <laughs> oh, 2006 is. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, we'll be back I'm stay tomorrow. tuned. We may, we may find out before too long. Uh, right, okay. That is Lost Light 24, do you think? I think uh, so. Yeah. I've ever heard anything to mention is the art. Yeah. Uh, everything to mention the art, which is very good. There you go. I mentioned it. <laughs> it is very good. Um, I, I, I love uh, Brendan Cahill's art anyway. Um, just a tiny thing he said on Twitter that um, this was the second issue he'd done entirely digitally. This and the previous issue of Lost, of Lost Light he did. Um I just thought it was interesting because I thought there was like I was looking at it thinking this looks a bit crisper mm. maybe than his usual like the lines were not as heavy maybe or I don't know like I could sense there was something slightly different about it but I would never have had any clue like why until he said that each panel uh, it's it's each panel is a little mm-hmm. bit more isolated than what he usually does mm. and that's usually an artifact of okay. working up close. So I think he's missed a trick there if he done at least a couple of pages with pen and paper, he'd be making a fortune selling them on eBay. <laughs> if he did like the Matrix opening bits, uh, mm. that might be like a four or five hundred quid in his back pocket. Oh, you fool, Brendan, you need the money. Now you're all going to be uh, unemployed. Stuart is available for management work and his uh, his <laughs> cut is very reasonable. Um, yeah, the art is, is incredibly... Um, God, this sound this sounds like damning with a faint brain. It's incredibly uh it works. It works every part of it works. Um I said a thing earlier about there not being that many infinites in the background. It's a good choice because mm-hmm. uh, everything you really need to know is very explicit and um yeah, very easily readable. There's these fun bits with the speech being mapped over, there's nice little Easter eggs like Tailgate and the Matrix. Um, there's the kind of heart-rending bits with, uh, well, kind of his eye sort of fading down. And then there's kind of the fun bits, like <laughs> the teeth. And um, and yeah, pulling, even just like pulling off the wrong scene, that's kind of Cahill mm. at his strongest. You've got this sense of space. You're very much aware of the location. Um, and you know, the way that you kind of, the way you sort of read that um, dust scene, it's kind of now the lights are down, coming in from the glasses, the reflection. Um, yeah, it's really, it's, it's so spot on. He creates urgency. I find the same with um, the uh, more than meets the issue with uh, Cyclones and Tailgate that, um, and the world that Cahill drew. 
uh, where you had this sense of you were on edge as to what was going to happen. And as you say, the panel of Rodimus opening the door reflected in the glasses um, uh, where he walks into Rang's room. Um, That just, it really, like, I, I knew something was happening there just uh, before I knew something was happening. Like I hadn't, I didn't think Rang was in danger until that panel of Rodin was running around the corridor and opening the door. Mm. And I think uh, before the, these last couple of issues of Lost Lights, I would have had Cal Hill down as like sort of a Jeff Anderson, reliable, solid artist, but not really one that... Uh, floated my boat, so to speak. Floated my riptide, yeah. uh, metaphorically. Uh, same way as sort of an Alex Mill or Nick Roach, but he's, uh, even as recently as his work on uh, Requiem of the Wreckers, I thought that was you know, solid, but not wow stuff. But this, uh, this is, uh, is actually issues of more than ETI I've really felt on a, a different level. Mm. Uh, like he's uh, uh, raised his game a very significant amount. And really coming to his own, just in time to not be getting any more work on Transformers. I hope he will. Right. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to the to Nick's cover as well. Uh, it's one of my favorite. Oh, of Nick's. is that the uh, the Ultra Magnus uh, one? The Magnus, mm. yeah. Which is the cover you get when you buy it digitally. So clearly, whoever decides uh, the digital thing, uh, they thought that was the, the best one as well. That was the that was the main one. There was no Lawrence cover. Oh, okay. It That's... was this and the um... the mill one. There was no mill. Uh, was there a mill? No one. Oh, I'm not sure. This now. was the and the. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm having a bad name day. Uh, the the homage cover of Rung. Oh, oh, Jeff Senior. <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, of course, yes. Oh, now I feel terrible for not. Uh... Just leave your Marion hanging there. I should. <laughs> we'll edit out that silence. Here. It'll be seamless. Um, did did Cahill do the the episode where the the, the episode when um, uh, Ratchet left? Yes. Did he? Yes. So he would have drawn Tailgate the 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 ten drawing of Tailgate. So he's referencing himself there. No, um, really? I really, I really, that's kind of one of my favourite issues. I think the how to say goodbye and mean it, which is a is a good title. Uh, I'm Funny sure, which it uh, it, yes, <laughs> uh, maybe with a part two. This, this has been revealed on Twitter. We already know the title of the next issue. <laughs> I thought how to say goodbye and mean it was the first issue, no, the second issue of Lost Light, of More Than CI, Sorry. Oh. Is it? Oh, I, I, no, I thought it was a Ratchet Levy one as well. You're going to uh, make me open to your freaky up now. Oh, no, we're usually so good. <laughs> uh, our, our steps will always rhyme. That was Ratchet. That was yeah, Ratchet. Okay. so it's the first issue of Mother Missy. I think that's called Hot Say Goodbye Minute. Uh, Liars HD, I believe. Ah, uh, uh, okay, that, that makes a bit more. Uh, thematic that's sense. Thematic Wait a minute, we'll. we'll We'll, re- we'll, we'll re- redo that. Hey, it's a callback to uh, the very first issue, Tom. I don't know if, if you knew that. Wow, what excellent knowledge, Stuart. <laughs> um, it's all there in your head. <laughs> yes, this is it. So, uh, I've, I think generally we're all quite in favour of this issue, then. And, 
pretty much enjoyed it, anyway. Yeah, I think it was a good conclusion. I feel it, um, it, it captured the heart of the series uh, in what it focused on. Because I think, yes, there was this big planet-sized danger, and yes, we, we all wanted that to work out. But I think what we all really wanted all along was to see these characters find some kind of peace, um, which uh, a lot of them appear to have done. Um, so in that sense, I feel it was a fitting ending in many ways. Yeah, and it does, you know, what's always been the the remit of the series. You take a kind of a, a fun science fiction-y, spacey concept and you use it just to to examine uh what these characters would do in the situation and um to explore their relationship with each other and yeah this is really the cap on that and all our kind of ideas are this yeah i think marion you're really right in saying this is the conclusion we've got lots of plot, plot stuff and wish and, and tick boxing that we're looking forward to but yeah, this is what the series was always always about, and you're using this this uh, language of the Matrix, kind of, you know, it, it's it's something that as a Transformer fan you kind of you already have, it already has sort of preloaded, and then to um, use that idea to see what these people are all about and what they want, and and what they don't have yet. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I just love the how uh, plot hangs together. I mean, I absolutely believe that James had thought of most of this way back at the start because it does seem to click very well uh, thematically and with callbacks and even the smallest details all feel like a very well thought out, cohesive end to the series. Uh, which uh, is impressive after seven years, is it? Six years since the first issue? If it, it's January 2012, the first Dece- issue. Isn't yes, it, it so, was. Uh, December 2011 was the death of Optimus Prime. So, yeah, so that's uh, six long years where he's, we've editorial changes and uh, mandates sort of come in to do crossovers and put toys in. It still managed to swing all the way back round to where it was headed from the beginning and click it all into blank. So that's a much harder trick uh, than it looks. So, uh, yo, hats off to the man, even if he told me, uh, fuck you on Twitter the other day. I still respect him very much. That was a fuck you of love. Well, you can tell he doesn't care what reviewers think anymore. He's, he's D-Bob happy now. <laughs> he's, tur- he's turning on us. That, that really hurt in the gut, didn't it, Stuart? You just, you'll never get over it. <laughs> oh, well, it's just another Transformers writer who hates me. That's okay. <laughs> Add it to the collection. It's not to double figures, yeah. You should get, uh, you should, like Rung has, you should have a little model of every Transformer writer who's... Uh been hurt by you who has hurt me you mean oh right yeah, <laughs> that's the way around this goes uh, it's always the way it goes <laughs> right <laughs> but yes it's oh. 
Well, yeah, one more one, yeah. No, 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 I was, I was about to start wrapping up as okay, well. Okay, let's, all, let's all wrap up together. Everybody? One, count of three. two. <laughs> three. All right, then, well, that's all from... Is it just me? <laughs> yeah, it was just no, me, yeah. But okay. we, we, we can all do it. Okay, let, we're, we're, okay we're all wrapping up. I will, I will cut and paste this so it sounds we're all like we're all talking over each other. We've had some really together. good thoughts it was about amazing. Last Light 24. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel well, like we've really packed all the really enjoying And we're really looking forward you. to the conclusion. It was a well-made comic. Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, but perhaps we should solo, though, uh, <laughs> mention anything we're promoting individually. <laughs> so it'll be a bit easier. Uh, Tom, what are you up to right well, now? Well, I've just started a master's degree, so I'm not really doing much other than that. Um, but I do have an uh, audio drama that I wrote that's coming out in January. Um, it's part of a series called The Other 1%, uh, which is running right now. It's a spooky, supernatural anthology show in the vein of The Twilight Zone and such um you can go find that on itunes and everywhere the other one percent on the 25th of january you can listen to katie is trending which was my episode that i wrote um so that that would be good for you you can enjoy that can't you otherwise uh find me on at Tara mcnally and uh maybe i'll uh come up and, and say some stuff about taxonomy which is what i do now <laughs> a lot of stuffy the badgers Marianne, what, what are you up to? Um, I'm not up to much. I am around on Twitter. Uh, other than that, uh, the most exciting thing I am doing is going to watch Venom this weekend. Yay! <laughs> well, uh, me, I'm still at Inflatable Dalek. Uh, but at the moment, I am uh, Devil Dean Stockwell, because of course it's Halloween. And uh, what more Halloweeny thing is there than that episode of Quantum Leap where Al turns out to be the devil? Uh, I ruined the end of that episode for somebody who had seen it. They were very upset. They were like, what, the Al is the devil? I was like, yeah, it's that, in the Halloween episode. He, they create Stephen King in that one as well, by giving him the idea for all his novels. It's, I remember this one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a... Series 5 uh, sci-fi channel one. It's about season 2 or oh. 3. It's where, uh, at the end of the episode, it turns out it wasn't real Al at all. It was uh, the devil. And uh, I... Always remember that from when I was a kid because I worked out it wasn't really Al because when he vanishes he doesn't use his blue door. That's a it's a cunning well, uh, clip. The devil didn't do his but, research. Yeah, it's yeah. a tale. Uh, then it might all be a dream or might not. Nobody knows. <laughs> but, uh, so that's my, my my me on Twitter at the moment. Uh, I finished Battlestar Galactica as well, so you'll get no more Battlestar Galactica analogies from me on this podcast. It's all out of the giants at the moment. Which so far I can't see anything that has influenced James Wright in that, uh, except maybe that issue of Morbid CI when everybody shrinks. But, uh, and I'm still doing transformation, still going through it issue by issue. I am now onto the stuff literally nobody cares about the uh, British Generation 2 comic. Uh, the issues of it have not even got original content in, it's just a reprint of the American series. Uh, but there's a couple more of those. Well, I did Regeneration 1 as well this week, so you can hear more about my thoughts on that. Uh, and why some platforms creators may all be telling me to fuck off soon. <laughs> uh, and I'll be doing the annual of the American Generation 2 comic, and then into the British Armada comic, and carrying on endlessly until either it kills me or I kill it. It's, <laughs> it's the only two outcomes. And uh, on that <laughs> cheerful note... 
We've got that to look forward to. <laughs> and on that exciting note, I think it's uh, it's time to uh, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh dear. It's over. It's over, yes. It's over.